0: Guest list. Just do your best, darling. The PR industry's taken a hammering over the years, with inflated egos and bank accounts making a mockery of what's been the butt of jokes and the genesis for comedies like Abfab taking the proverbial. You know, people will think, wow, it's a La Croix. The us-and-them mentality that's existed between the media and PR agencies is most prevalent in the dichotomy between journalists and those who they often describe as, quote-unquote, the dark side pushing their agendas on them. Great news. (gasps) She's fat. No, no, no. (laughs) Better than that she's blind. Yeah! But in truth, they know they simply couldn't have existed without them. And now they're tragically more reliant on pre-packaged content served up stories ready for replication and publication than ever before. Time or lack thereof it has forced newsrooms into a vicious cycle of churn and burn. The McNews mentality that has forced publishers and broadcasters to take stories at the word of PR agencies has also seen some embarrassing mistakes of late. A completely fake video of an apparent lightning strike at Tamarama Beach went viral on news sites right around the world. When we think about content marketing, the casual observer could be forgiven for confusing at its core purpose being very similar to that of PR. Both work to build platforms, liaise with clients and engage audiences in meaningful and creative ways. But yet they can both play vastly different roles within the same brand. PR plays to the strengths and campaigns within the brand to build awareness. Thought leadership too has become a key tool in building relationships, educating an audience wanting to learn more. Whereas content marketing is more about opening up that funnel for inbound communication. You need to consider the push versus pull strategies that are employed on a case by case basis And whilst promoting a product may require more of a push-heavy strategy, a truly engaging customer experience will need to have a unique way that brings them into the conversation as well. With any campaign we launch, we need to keep asking the question of which strategy works best and how can we maximize our profile to the full potential. And now, finally, we're seeing new and innovative platforms connecting those once quarrelous lovers, that is, journalists and public relations like never before in fact seeing them work hand in hand to achieve brilliant storytelling without the bs so how do you know when to push and when to pull (laughs) and what content falls into brand storytelling bucket which campaigns case studies or messages need to be pushed out are you ready to get promotional well pop your stolly bolly and get your press passes because over the next 20 minutes we're going to get to the bottom of the bottle the sauce bottle that is Hello listeners, you're locked into Brand Storytelling, the podcast that challenges the status quo for journalism and pushes the boundaries on branded content. Of course, it's all made possible by Newsmodo, the world's leading brand newsroom, and if you want to hear how you too can leverage a network of 25,000 journalists and storytellers, drop the team a line at newsmodo.com. Now our guest today is a veteran of the public relations industry and has seen it all, deciding to shift her focus onto another project. The full-time mother and part-time CEO managed to make enough time to launch her startup Source Bottle that enables journalists, bloggers, and professionals with resources to manage publicity opportunities and create brand awareness for clients and their services. It's the mumprochineur herself, Beck Derrington, and she's been kind enough to give me her time today. Hi, Beck. Welcome to Brand Storytelling. How are you today?
1: I'm great, thank you, Ricard. It's lovely to connect with you again.
0: It always is great to chat and I love the fact that you're just down the road here in Melbourne in what is a beautiful winter's day. It's been a bit of a long winter, hasn't it?
1: It's been a brutal winter. I keep talking to my family up in sort of Queensland and far north Queensland and they're telling me they haven't even had a glimpse of winter and I feel like saying, well, we've got it all for you.
0: Mm, and I bet it's not easy when you've got three little ones all going to three different schools <laughs> I don't know how you find time for being an entrepreneur at the same time, but we will find out in a minute. How are you managing juggling everything in life as a mumpreneur, as they describe them these days?
1: Oh, look, I'm rubbish. I'm just rubbish at it. I, I don't, I have no balance. It's just, it's just chaos from day to day. And I just sort of squeeze in what I can, when I can. It's, um, yeah, there's no science to my approach. And I'm certainly no poster person for anybody. Now
0: let's wind back the clock just a little bit because you and I have been tic tacking on our different ideas around the same space for a few years now. Um, how did SourceBottle come about? Let's talk about SourceBottle to begin with.
1: So I source Bottle as you know as a platform connects journalists and bloggers with sources and it really came about if I'm if I'm truly honest, it was because I was finding the PR space quite difficult. Um, I didn't have a lot of media connections and I was sort of on my own own. I'd started my own business and I was doing public relations, um, uh, media relations and pitching to journalists who didn't know of me, I had no former relationship with. I was straddling a whole lot of different industry sectors for, for mm. small business clients and... And I was just finding the whole process was really flawed and it made me start thinking about surely there's a better way. And it was at the same sort of time as crowdsourcing was starting to take hold and, uh, of different industries and I was looking on things on platforms like Twitter at the time, um, watching journalists kind of call out for, for sources using that mm-hmm. platform and that audience and I thought maybe there's an, a really great opportunity here where I can sort of turn the industry a bit, on its head, and and rather than pitching, you know, prolifically and often to journalists that that really aren't interested in that story at that time or in a completely different industry, um, sort of instead of instead of us throwing ideas at them, um, maybe it was time for them to start sort of throwing out exactly what they want. in in a call-out form and then as as a collective group, us supplying those sources.
0: So technically, just for our listeners who haven't come across the platform before, how does that actually work? So they might be doing a story on, let's say, uh, the weather in Melbourne and then what would they do on the platform?
1: So what they do is they go to the platform and they post what we call a Mm call-out. So they'll just sort of say, okay, I'm looking for like maybe a meteorologist to talk about trends in weather changes or whatever. So whatever they specifically want, they, they list their geographic areas where they're looking for the experts to come from, um, any sort of skill skills other than that or experience or case studies or whatever. And then they pick topics and it goes out to an email, sorry, it goes out in an email to a subscriber base of 30 plus thousand so we send out about or oh, over fifty thousand emails a day, and um, and so that call out would be included in that email. And so they connect through the through the platform. So um, mm-hmm. and it's all anonymous if the if the journalist wants to be anonymous. You know, if you're talking TV or radio or you know, some journalists just really particularly if they're doing maybe sort of a story for a, a brand like branded content, they might not want to actually mention the name of the of the media outlet or the organization and so they can they can post anonymously and um, and once they've had their fill the call out comes down and expires
0: and at the other end the pr agencies out there can actually promote their potential stories or their um, area of expertise if they've got influencers or if they've got um, people who have a subject matter expertise in particular let's say meteorology they can then push those people into the stories right?
1: Exactly so you know it's kind of like tinder um, are <laughs> journalists like and, and and sources or subject matter experts so it's exactly like that swipe right or swipe left.
0: Now you and I have shared a common challenge which is when you're innovating it's always difficult to push something new out into the world. How have you found launching Source Bottle over the last few years? Is it still an issue for you bringing something so new into what's been traditionally a pretty steadfast relationship between journalists and PR agencies?
1: That's really a really good point. I think I'm, I'm still finding it a challenge, although it's a lot easier now than it certainly was at the beginning. Um, I think sometimes it might be that we're so close to the industry ourselves that we don't necessarily understand or appreciate that this is such a novel concept and it, it takes people a little while to understand and recognise um, the benefit that the service might offer to them. So that was, you know, there was a massive education uh, process around launching Source Bottle. I sort of thought even, you know, PR agencies might get it, but, you know, this is sort of even broader than than the agencies themselves going direct to sources because it's a free service. So you kind of think, okay, I, I think just, just try it. I think what I'm experiencing more and more of is this reluctance to just to just check it out, just to take a risk. And it's um, and just just try before you buy kind of thing i i I mm. always think it's easier if you just sign up and see what happens and then see the benefit that you can get from it. But people have been hesitant over the years, and you know thankfully um, there's a good critical mass that's sort of helped it. Continue to grow and and drive and get the results that it needs to do.
0: As we've seen the shift towards branded content and brand publishing, have you actually seen more briefs come in from brand side than editorial?
1: Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a, a trend that I'm noticing. There's there's also a lot more freelance journalists out there um, that are that are not only doing that sort of branded. Um, content, but that you know are working for themselves, and they, they might be whether they're pitching to a brand with a great story idea or whether they're pitching to um, you know to an, an editorial team at a traditional sort of media outlet. It's a lot, oh, there's a lot more freelance um, journalists looking for great story opportunities, and um, and you know, the branded content itself is it's you know, I, I think. There's been some suggestion in the past that it was kind of it's icky and it's marketing and it's advertorial and it's so not. I mean, it's very sophisticated now, as you know. Um, And so sometimes I can't I can't always differentiate in a call out whether it's. It's for branded content, or it's whether it's a traditional news story.
0: Yeah, it's a fascinating time when you start seeing those lines being blurred. Mm-hmm. So, where to for the business from here? What's the next challenge, and how do you overcome that hurdle?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, I, I think one of the the strengths is of of SourceBottle is that it's kind of been around. It's a it's a um, it's a solid rock of a service. It's 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 got some longevity to it, but. But like any online platform of any description, you have to be innovative and nimble and responsive to the market demands. And so as you start to see changes in what people are looking for, you start thinking, okay, well, how can I better service this market and cater to what their needs are now, which might be completely different to maybe two Mm. years ago. So, yeah, look, more of the same. I think sort of offering more... um, Supportive services to actually help identify or help experts, subject matter experts really connect with the right sort of people and, and how to do that. I think, um, you know, a lot of people are doing a lot of this sort of PR work themselves now and mm. and so they need a bit more support and I think that's really where the focus of the service is going to be. It's going to be on helping them provide really great um responses to journalists and helping journalists identify what they're really looking for in in a source so that that marriage that match can be can be made more effectively more efficiently um, and you know everyone's a winner
0: you mentioned subject matter experts what about influencers I know that you've also moved into that space with a new app called influencer hub tell me a bit about that
1: yeah so influencer hub I mean because I've always been really working in that earned media space. Um, so, so not so much paid media, and the the I, what I'm noticing a lot with influencer marketing and the way Australians are adopting it so, the, to, like, at the moment um, is that we're still really looking at at it like um, sort of paid uh, paid advertising. So, just yep. it's just the publishers who are changing, and uh, and I kind of don't I, I don't support that ethos. I think it's um, I really think a lot of brands aren't recognizing the strength of their own brand and the brand love that's in the market and a lot of people are are very happy to to support and share content on behalf of that brand because they really genuinely love the brand Mm -hmm. so Influencer Hub what it does is it creates exclusive kind of communities that um, through a branded hub and it helps those people share Um, Share the content that the brands, you know, are sort of like whether it's new content or new uh, innovations that they've got offering or, and then they get sort of money can't buy offers in exchange. So it might be first dibs access to a new product, or it might be an invitation to a launch. So other things that are more meaningful. So you're converting them rather than being sort of paid, paid spokespeople. For a product, they're actually you're really tapping into genuine brand love and converting them from brand fans to true brand advocates. And that's what the platform really enhances.
0: Very cool. Well, I'm sure it's got a bright future ahead. Now, would you believe it? We're already halfway through the show. So I'd love to... We're going to dive into a more sophisticated topic of push versus pull for our listeners as well as the relationship between PR and journalism as it exists today. But before we do, I've got a little segment I like to call the Mad Minute, Beck, which is uh, a 60-second segment. So we don't have long. I'll Mm -hmm. pop you in the chair there if you could just get comfortable in the hot seat i've got 10 questions for you and i'm looking for one word answers with question number one to commence uh proceedings with the word mumpriture i erased it earlier do you embrace this title yes and no (laughs) question two best place to travel australia the toughest thing about startup life
1: social isolation
0: three people from history that you'd love to take to dinner
1: obama Malcolm Gladwell and Annabelle Crabb.
0: Now, have you they're seen they're not the terribly new...
1: historical. Sorry.
0: But... <laughs> have you seen the Abfab, the new Abfab film?
1: I haven't. I'm dying. to.
0: <laughs> Is it really like that in the world of PR when you were working in the <laughs> PR world?
1: It's always still in the short ones. Yes or no? <laughs> um, half and half. There's def- definitely characters like Patsy. You've seen
0: thousands of call-outs over the journey. What's one that really stands out for you?
1: I know once they were looking for specifics. Someone had to be sort of blonde with three children living in a particular suburb and I just couldn't get over how, how detailed they were.
0: And it wasn't you, was it? <laughs> You're blonde with three <laughs> children.
1: Wasn't. Actually, I just described <laughs> you myself. You put your hand up. <laughs> um, no, no, it wasn't me. I couldn't put my hand up and I wasn't eligible.
0: What's high on your music rotation these days?
1: Because I have young children, I'm listening to sort of Bieber-type music, which is really just so unfortunate.
0: What's one of the great stories that Sauce Bottles help bring to life?
1: She had a prototype of a product. She just received... Um, the prototype hadn't received her first shipment and she was on free-to-air television broadcasting to a million people plus viewers promoting this product. Mm -hmm. Um, just on the strength of responding to a call-out.
0: And yours too, no doubt. Now, question nine, public relations in 2020 is...
1: Absolutely much more about influences and everyone having access to being a publisher.
0: And the next chapter for you is?
1: Probably promoting and, and driving that uh, sophisticated understanding of what influencer marketing is.
0: And that's been the Mad Minute. Thanks so much for joining me in the hot seat, Beck. Oh, my God, that was stressful. Sorry, I couldn't, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't <laughs> learn We'll wait till you one hear the end. second half of the show, which is really getting down to the nitty-gritty of PR versus content marketing, push versus pull for our listeners. How do you define push versus pull these days?
1: Okay, so... I've always I've always confused these in my mind, but so push push being sort of maybe um, the the market pushing it on to the consumer, and then pull being actually the consumer saying no 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 I want and, and pulling it, dragging it or pushing it there that way into the market, but of course that's probably us about so. It's the
0: other way. Well, it's interesting. That's a, that's a very fascinating way of looking at it, and you're not necessarily um, incorrect in my view either because to me, push would be you know a campaign-based piece of content or promotional activity. You might have a, a product or service that you're looking to push onto the market. Pull is more about using content and brand storytelling to... Uh, bring that audience into the conversation. So yes. okay. from a PR perspective, how do brands know when's the right time to push and when's the right time to pull?
1: From a PR perspective, look, I think um, I've been reading a really fascinating book recently um, called How Brands Grow, I think. Mm-hmm. A- and it's really actually turned my whole appreciation of mass marketing and um, and very sort of specific targeted marketing on its head so the reason I'm, I'm saying that is because it's really impacted on what I see are, are key drivers in growing market share. I think there's a really important sort of synergy between both approaches and I actually think both approaches should pretty much be always on. I, 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 um, one of the things with influencer marketing that I believe and so and Influencer Hub, which is what it really embraces, is sort of a movement away from just little bursts of pushing and promotion to a more of an ongoing like sort of regularly sending out content Mm. being very much um, top of mind all the time in terms of who you know where your market sits because the long tail of that of that market um, is can be overlooked if you're being too specific and too targeted in your marketing and and sometimes you know the they really dispute that whole 80-20 principle, that Pareto principle, and say it's actually, you know, it's very rarely that, that strong a divide between your biggest consumers mm. and the rest. And so I sort of think it's it's important to have a very steady ongoing approach to marketing and promotion and PR. And so having a very steady drip of content going out all the time so um, you can stay top of mind. And, and sort of rather than having little pushes all the time, having a very steady and consistent approach um, where you're sort of trying to cater mm. to a very mm. broad market. I
0: love the word broad because you're really opening the funnel there with that content or com- communication of whatever kind it is. Uh, and that really does rely on there being a dip in the water of non-branded, non-campaign uh, centric conversation as opposed to brand centric push, push, push. Oh, Exactly. And it's something that is not always an easy step for a lot of brands and particularly those who have come from a, a heavy PR background to actually take, particularly initially, um, how could you possibly conceive that you want to create article after article and conversation after conversation more broadly about the industry that actually promotes the industry as a whole and not just your brand as being the thought leader but if you think about that body of work over a period of time what you're actually doing regardless of brand or not branded content is you're positioning yourself as the industry thought leader and naturally people should want to come and uh, and speak with you or engage with you because of the fact that they're getting value regardless oh I- Are you finding that in your experience, having come from that strictly PR background, that more brands are getting into this mentality?
1: Yeah, I I do. I mean, you've got the very sort of big industry leaders like sort of, you know, the Telstra's that have always recognised, you know, I sort of very early on when branded content started to become... Um, more of a, a thing, a recognised and a very true sort of marketing tactic or PR tactic. Um, that whole sort of concept, where sort of Telstra was drip feeding a whole lot of content out to the market about leadership, and mm. of course it had nothing to do with the, the telecommunications industry at all. But it was all about sort of thought leadership and positioning, and um, and I thought it was really smart, um, but ahead of the game. Certainly, there are a lot that. That are still operating in the. Let's only talk about things that, and let's. We've got to mention our brand at least two or three times, and you know that sort of that sort of approach, which is very much more the traditional approach mm. um, in trying to sort of get editorial out there.
0: When we talk about editorial, and we're speaking strictly about uh, newsrooms and journalists who work in them. Are are you finding that there's, and I mentioned this right at the top of the show, there's more churn, there's more burn, there's that McNews lifestyle of journalism where you're not just publishing for 6 o'clock, you're publishing live, around the clock, online, 24-7. 365 days a year and then there's a reliance on PR to actually serve up these stories. Um, What's that dichotomy looking like now between journalists who, when I was in a newsroom even five years ago, it was, we viewed the PR agencies out there as quote unquote the dark side because of the fact that they would be pushing an agenda, but the two can't coexist without each other and now with platforms like sourcebottle they're even more intrinsically linked how how is that relationship looking now and and where's it heading
1: so look i think there's there's a few sort of elements that have changed in the in the market i mean there's a lot more owned media now so um so tra- traditional sort of newsrooms and media outlets um are not seeing as much of the um, – or got not capturing as, as much of the attention or the, the lion's share of the attention. So hmm. there's a lot of competitiveness in terms of what people are, are looking at and reading, and, and smart branded content is becoming actually a go-to kind of source for great stories and great content. And so – and, you know, that's a real threat to traditional media. And, you know, by the same token, sometimes the traditional media is being forced to, to fall into um, – Traps of of having kind of link bait type um, content, or you know, to to try to sort of recapture that market share. So I'm seeing a little bit of that, mm. which is which is really unfortunate. I mean, it's it's a horrible thing to to see. Um, but but I think the yes, I think. Journalists, particularly in traditional newsrooms, the ones that are still there, are, are very much leaning a lot more heavily on public relations consultants and and the PR industry as a whole to help them fill this content. I mean, they have to um, create so much content and, and more and more... Um, of a burden on each of them to individually cover a lot more different you know rounds than they used to and and uh, be experts across a lot more um, you know straddle their expertise across a lot more industry areas and vertical markets and i think it must be an incredible strain and struggle for them what i also find is so particularly with source bottle so a lot of the a lot of journalists now aren't aren't noting which publication or which media outlet or wherever they're actually coming from because so many of them are freelance now and when they nominate a news outlet particularly or you know or um a radio station or a a tv network pr pr consultants might actually go directly to the outlet or whatever and that upsets the cap apple cart because then you know that journalist kind of has shown their hand and and yep. being told oh, look look I'm getting all these calls and you know they might have just just be about to pitch the story or so it's it's there's a whole sort of shift uh, and it's a very uncertain time and I mm. think um, you know if journalists are being very sensitive um, to to the constraints but also. You know, branded content is becoming quite attractive because it's not—it doesn't have the stigma it used to have in terms of being very advertorial style. You've got a lot more sophisticated brands in the market who are wanting to create great content, great stories, and that is absolute fodder for, for journalists. And they get paid paid well to do it. So, yeah, I, I think there's a massive blurring of line of, of line between owned and earned media. Now and uh, and I think I, and I can't see that changing and it, and also native advertising. I mean that's another player in it and um, you know sometimes that's it's really hard to work out and identify and I think a lot of people are fooled by what's native advertising and what's what's sort of
0: yeah t- traditional, absolutely you know. that's a that's a whole other conversation as we start to wind down. Would you believe it on this episode of Brand Storytelling? Before you do, leave us, Beck Derrington from Source Bottle. Just tell our listeners, particularly for the marketers out there listening in, how should they balance that push and pull? Because it's really, it is a delicate balance. You don't want to be pushing, pushing, pushing all the time because you're going to piss people off. And at the same time, it is a challenge to be creating content that only um, opens up a conversation through generic uh, editorial style nature.
1: Well, look, I think it's it's got to be a... a, a a beautiful natural marriage, really. I think, you know, if you're looking at, say, just in its purest form, saying 50-50, if there's a 50-50 split and you have a content calendar for the for the, the pull-style editorial soft-sell type approach and then you have 50% of your time being spent on the more sort of push and maybe time-triggered type campaign pushes that you'd have. I mean I think that's a really nice that's there's sort of a nice marriage in that. I, I think if you go too much if it was to be say 70 30 uh, like you know maybe your decision makers in your organization or the decision, the client might sort of want more of a 70 30 type approach but mm. but readers are so discerning and and you know are moving so far away from the what seems to be a real push. And um, you know, that ick factor, that credibility gets lost if it's, if it's too much swayed towards the push. So I think I actually think that's a really nice marriage. And I, and I honestly think that's, that's got some longevity to it if you were to sort of have a much more evenly sort of spaced way of approaching with the push pull.
0: And that is a fantastic way to end what's been another great episode of brand storytelling for all our listeners out there, Beck, where can they find you online?
1: Sourcebottle.com. It's easy.
0: (laughs) And it's always easy speaking with you, Beck. It's been a great chat, and I look forward to following your next adventure soon. Thanks for joining me on Brand Storytelling.
1: Thanks so much, Rakal. It's been lovely chatting to you.